0: on in, sit back, relax, and listen to episode 147 of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Eskowitz, founder of Ezra Group Consulting. And this podcast features interviews, news, and analysis on the trends and best practices all around wealth management technology. This is our June News Roundup. We're going to be covering a number of really interesting stories that you are going to love. Let me bring up the list here. First story is going to be AssetMark um, adhesion wealth. The next story is a little bit of a, a quick recap from the Pershing Insight conference, which I'm act, act, actually at right now. So I'm recording from the conference in lovely Dallas, Texas. The next story is going to be about uh, fintech startups uh, in the bear market and how they're cutting back. Then we have a story about CogniCore launching some AI digital assistance. And finally, we have a review of changes in the uh, Kitsis Ezra advisor tech map. So that's going to be what we're talking about this month. And now um, before we go on, let me just do a quick overview. If you are a uh, CIO, CXO, CEO of a fintech startup, you need to run, not walk, to EzraGroupLLC.com and scroll to the discovery session, click on it and fill out the form and get in contact with us. We can help you with all aspects of your business, whether it's competitive analysis, market analysis, product road mapping, uh, any aspect of your product strategy, we can help you uh, at EzraGroupLLC.com. So a couple of quick housekeeping tests before we continue. Please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Make sure to check out our sponsor, the Invest in Others Charitable Foundation at investinothers.org. And now let's kick this thing off. First story is AssetMark acquires Adhesion Wealth. AssetMark Financial Holdings announced today, it reached an agreement with Vestmark to acquire Adhesion Wealth, a leading provider of wealth management technology solutions to RIAs, enterprises, and asset managers. Adhesion's platform enables over 2,800 fee-based advisors across 180 RIAs to deliver better investor outcomes while successfully growing their practices by providing outsourced overlay trading services client engagement technologies, and managed account programs. So what does all that mean? Basically, AssetMark is buying up another TAMP and Vestmark is selling their TAMP to AssetMark. Once combined, AssetMark will have about $100 billion in assets on their TAMP platform. So um, I see this not so much as AssetMark acquiring uh, adhesion, but as Vestmark divesting themselves of a bad decision. So this is CEO Michael Blunden's first big move at Vestmark to really focus their business back on their core competencies in enterprise managed account technology for sponsors and asset managers. Vestmark just bought Adhesion uh, just four years ago, back in 2018, for an undisclosed amount. And there, of course, was a lot of big talk about what they were going to do and how they were growing. Vestmark now has a full range of TAMP services, one tweet said. Uh, combining their own RIA with adhesion wealth offers better, uh, enables them to better compete with InvestNet. until uh, so that was a comment they made uh, in a T3 conference in 2018. That was my tweet, actually. Uh, my tweet of their comments uh, when they announced the acquisition. The UMA platform will provide Vestmark with cross-business opportunities and a gateway into the RIA space. Uh, Vestmark said it's going to enable them to provide rich RIA experiences, blah, blah, blah. So clearly uh, they had some grand visions of, being able to uh, build a platform that could compete better with investnet offering uh, uh, tamp services tax transition outsourced uh, rebalancing portfolio management but that is now all down the drain so we know that tamps if you look at the history of tamps going back 30 years um, there's been a lot of trends in the the temp industry the assets have risen and you know client portfolios Um, We're seeing a lot of uh, advisors realize that they need to outsource more of their investment management. Uh, Their portfolios just never do as well as uh, portfolios managed by professional asset managers. That data is clear. Home office portfolios at at larger uh, firms outperform rep SPM portfolios by over 300 basis points. There's uh, client portfolios have only half the standard deviation when using third-party asset managers versus rep SPM there's no reason why more advisors shouldn't be using TAMPs. The, the TAMP asset base has been growing steadily. Uh, of course, uh, the market, uh, the bull market, which is now uh, could be turning to a bear market, helped a lot uh, about with assets growth in temp. But uh, I've seen some crazy numbers. Just to give you a warning, if you see any numbers in a, uh, in a story or from a research firm or anybody telling you there's $3 trillion in TAMP assets, just laugh in their face. I've seen that number thrown around it's crazy the total number of tap assets is maybe a trillion probably maybe a little bit over if you look at the top 8 or 10 it's it's the more than in the the 80 20 rule more than 90 10 rule uh, in our industry uh, of the top you know 8 or 80, 8 or 10 TAMPs, they have 80% to 90% of the assets and by my uh, calculations that's about 800 billion of the top looking at the top 9 or so uh, TAMPs. So, it's nowhere near 3 trillion, just closer to 1 trillion. An actual TAMP. If you know what a TAMP is and you know what a TAMP asset is, you know it's not 3 trillion. It's more like 1 trillion. Still, uh, it's a growing market uh, and there's a lot of need for, for TAMPs. And there's a couple of different kinds of TAMPs. We've done a lot of research in this area around uh, the TAMP space, what it means to be a TAMP, different types of TAMPs. And the market's really changed. Um, significantly over the past at least 10 years where TAMPs have uh, really spread out in the way they're, they're offering services. You have, um, we categorize them in a number of ways, pure product TAMPs that offer proprietary products. So asset Mark would, would fall under that category. They do have their own proprietary models and the proprietary um, uh, uh, investment management that they offer. There's also uh, more supermarket TAMPs so those attempts uh, like adhesion is more of a supermarket. They have uh, hundreds of uh, managers with hundreds of strategies. They don't offer any of their own. They just provide you a supermarket shelf of other managers. Then we always categorized uh, broker-dealer tech tamps like InvestNet, uh, back in the day, Folio Dynamics was in that category, then Invested bought them. Now Orion is in that category since they, they build their own broker-dealer tech that their platform runs on, and now they're also a TAMP. Investmark was in that category, and now they're not. And then we have more digital TAMPs, which is kind of a broad category of these of, of online vendors, firms like SigFig that started out as robos uh, and digital-only platforms that added capabilities that are TAMP-like that allow... Um, uh, the, um, the trading and, and other aspects of portfolio management to, to be done by them. So they uh, offer that sort of a pseudo digital TAMP. Another way we categorize TAMPs is based on active, passive, or fiduciary. So AssetMark would be more of an active TAMP where they have researched um, a list of models and a select list of curated managers. You pay them you know, X basis points for white glove service with embedded research. Then there would be your passive oriented tamps that would be that would might be charged less, where they um, uh, maybe don't have their own models, but they might have their own asset allocations uh, that they could help you um, work on those with other uh, putting in other asset managers into there. And then there's fiduciary tamps, those are the ones kind of like a sawtooth where they don't provide any models even uh, they don't provide any access to any managers either they just handle all the aspects of uh, executing trades routing trades handling portfolio management you would provide them with your models you would do all that work and then they would just do the fiduciary part of the um, of the of the asset management uh, process so there's lots of ways to skin a cat here lots of ways to break out the market there's been a lot of MA, of course in the TAM space we had orion buying ftj fund choice and then brinker capital uh, so they, they got to about $50 billion or so in, in TAMP assets. Uh, Simplicity Group acquired Sawtooth Solutions last year, more of a fiduciary TAMP. AssetMark bought uh, OBS in 2019. They bought Global Financial Private Capital, and now, they bought, uh, now they've bought now uh, bought Adhesion Wealth. They also bought Voyant, a financial planning software provider. That's not TAMP-related necessarily, but they did buy that. So what is really Adhesion? Um, they... Um, always pitch themselves as an overlay provider, a UMA platform They have their, I think they're a little under 10 billion in, in AUM. Uh, they like to take an advisor's entire book of non-managed business. They can manage and monitor it holistically. They are multi-custodial um, with their UMA offerings. I think they're, they're split across. Well, now the, the big three, I think it's, it's mainly around Schwab and TD about 65% or so Fidelity 15, Pershing 15, the rest with smaller ones. And, you know, this really this business is all about scale and the TAMPs just need to get bigger. They need to get more assets in order to provide uh, uh, better services to their clients and be able to win better deals and offer better deals by pushing their costs down. That's really what it's all about. A uh, great quote in RA Biz from Scott McElop, from the CEO of First Ascent. Uh, basically, there's a handful of black hole TAMPs that are drawing other TAMPs in and fintech firms toward them and swallowing them up in order to gain scale and grow assets, he said. That's a great quote. Of course, it's all the, all the big, all the top ones, InvestNet, mark: SEI, Orion Breaker, Buckingham, Lauren Ward, Morningstar, to name a few. Um, Scott went on saying, these firms are under tremendous pressure to grow quickly, win the hearts, minds, and desktops of the advisor community. It's a finite battlefield with only limited number of decent properties available in a titanic struggle for supremacy. Good job, Scott. Uh, I feel the same way. It's it's we're going to keep growing. They're going to keep trying to, to fight it out. Um, broker dealers are also cutting back the number of Tamps they work with, just because it's too complicated for them. They don't want to deal with it. So you want to make the cut. So you have to offer more options, uh, more ways that advisors can work with you, and more ways that you can help advisors win business. You know that's one of the the, the white glove service that Aston Mark offers, has been one of their the ways that they win business. Where if a, an advisor has a big proposal, say so it's a five million dollar account. They can go to AssetMark, and AssetMark will help them write, put the proposal together, build a portfolio for that particular client, customized for them, and help them win the deal. That's very compelling for a lot of advisors. So, uh, in the end, this is just another brick in the wall for AssetMark uh, on their 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 scale um, uh, their scale uh, roadmap. You know, I expect them to integrate asset uh, adhesion wealth into their platform, you know, switch over their models or investment management processes and customer service to it all seamlessly. You won't even know it, no hiccups there. They're, they're, pretty, they're pretty good at that. The question on the other side is, does Vestmark still see InvestNet as their biggest competitor? Uh, do they now believe they can sell to broker dealers, banks and large RIAs and such as a pure technology provider with no TAMP services? Now, uh, Vestmark does have other services such as recon, and reporting, uh, but they now they have no fiduciary services like a TAMP has. I believe um, Bestmark bought uh, a business unit from SunGuard a number of years ago that gave them a lot of services, but still it's not the fiduciary services. And what will be the next moves from CEO Michael Blunden remains to be seen. Story number two, Pershing Insight 2022 conference. The annual client conference for BNY Melling Pershing was held in Dallas, Texas at the Gaylord Texan Resort. The theme was Client Experience Reimagined. About 1,500 or so attendees, well attended, great conference. Uh, I've been tweeting about it. Uh, you can catch up by searching for the hashtag RealInsight. A lot of stuff going on, a lot of great sessions. Uh, a lot of great vendors in the uh, exhibition exhibition room. Uh, One of the trends I noticed uh, at this conference and at others is that talent acquisition and hiring has become a major theme. Uh, We're seeing a lot of panels on that. There were three panels just on hiring um, and recruiting at this conference, as well as the CEO, Jim Crowley, mentioned it in his keynote that they're having trouble finding people. Whereas three to five years ago, all the panel, there was a trend in panels about robo-advisors and fee compression. So it went from fee compression to talent acquisition in three to five years, how things change. Before I get into uh, some of the details of what was announced at the conference, I wanna talk about Pershing's commitment to promoting women uh, throughout their firm. They're committed to promoting women into senior leadership roles and working to increase the number of women in wealth management. Uh, There were four breakout sessions at this conference, just focusing on women. there was a masterclass, Women in Tech. There was a, a breakout session called How the Future of Finance Will Be More Female. Another one, Women Leading the Way in Alts. And finally, The Pathway to Inclusive Investment. So it's great to see all those different breakout sessions focusing on women in wealth management. They also brought in Indra Nori, a former CEO and chair of PepsiCo and a New York Times bestselling author. You should read her book. She gave a keynote speech that was very inspiring. And there was also one of the keynote panels had on it, this is just one panel, Catherine Keating, CEO, BNY Mellon Wealth Management, Ainsley Simmons, President, BNY Mellon Pershing X, and Hanneke Smith's CEO, BNY Mellon Investment Management. Now that's a powerhouse lineup. One of the big announcements that they made, uh, Pershing made at this conference was their new NetX 360 plus platform. That's the old NetX 360, just revamped. Uh, it's been optimized to deliver a more intuitive, seamless user experience. They've um, really updated the interface, redesigned the whole uh, UI UX. It's more streamlined. I got a couple of demos of it; looks really good. And I've been looking at NetX for a long time. When I first saw NetX, you know, 2004, uh, when when before it was even called NetX. It was called, uh, you know, NetX uh, was was uh, a new platform in 2009 that combined two separate platforms. One was called NetExchange Pro, which was for commission-based uh, clients, and NetExchange Advisor, uh, for which was the fee-based advisory product. They combined them in 2009 into NetX 360 And the interface never was really very good. And there was a lot of complaints for many years. Clients complained. I know I was complaining about it. Uh, and I'm I, just a full disclosure, my company, Ezra Group, uh, has done uh, consulting services for Pershing in the past, and we constantly complained about the, the user interface, the, 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 the workflows, how uh, advisors navigated through the system wasn't very good. They've really fixed a lot of that with the NetX 360 plus version that I saw, at least with the demos that I saw look great. Uh, the UI is clean, lots of white space. I think the fonts are all modernized. The, the, a lot of graphics look terrific. So I really uh, expect that. I've heard from some people I spoke to uh, clients that they really like it, but we'll see uh, how it goes when it gets deployed into production and they're using it full time, but I think they're going to really like it. Um, it's a big change and it should help them uh, with your client, uh, uh, how well the clients like the platform and you know, it's going to live up to the promises that they've been making to clients that they're going to fix a lot of this stuff for a number of years. So good that they got that out the door. Another, uh, this is not a product that they've launched at this uh, conference, but a lot of talk about at this conference about the new Pershing X platform. This was, Pershing X was a new business unit that Pershing announced last October. Their goal is to build an end-to-end advisory platform that's multi-custodial. And Pershing hired uh, industry veteran Ainsley Simmons to run the Pershing X business unit. And uh, according to the press release, the, the new unit will incubate, engineer, and deliver a comprehensive all-in-one set of advisory capabilities to Pershing's Wealth Solutions clients. Uh, so lofty goals, uh, and um, they uh, seem to be doing, making some good progress. Uh, they haven't shown anything of the product, but they're talking a lot about it. They had a couple of panel sessions discussing the, um, the, uh, the, the agile development methodologies behind the product, which is a change for them. I know they used waterfall for many years and Ainsley came in and I think in six months managed to switch them to agile development, which uh, is a good thing for the type of work that they're doing. They're also hiring a lot of people. If you look, I looked online and saw that they've got a lot of job postings, uh, things for domain architecture and other types of jobs. So they're definitely bringing in people to do the work that needs to be done. I believe they're trying to get out um, a product or something out the door this by the end of this year, which is aggressive but I'd love to see that. A couple of comments from executives at the conference. One from Jim Crowley, CEO. The new Pershing X will be multi custodial open architecture and will have the agility of a startup backed by the power of BNY Mellon. Could be powerful. Uh, BNY Mellon CEO elect Robin Vince shares that Pershing X, uh, excuse me, Pershing X, the latest generation of our technology is powering the ability for better human interactions by using machine learning to gather client insights through data. Other sessions at the conference included uh, on digital assets, on digital marketing, uh, how to improve your operations. And another good one was they had a bunch of meet the experts, what they called meet the experts sessions, which I thought was a really great idea. They limited to just 40 or 50 people. So they had small, more intimate um, rooms and were, you're were talking directly to some of the key people that make a lot of the Persian products and services, and you can and talk right to them. I attended a couple of them, and there's a lot of good feedback from clients talking to uh, the Persian owners and, and getting uh, really involved in what's happening on the roadmap and some of the issues they're having. Uh, one I wanted to bring out, which I thought was, was a great example of why it's um, beneficial to go to these conferences, Uh, There was a a breakout session uh, called Meet the Experts Around the Technology. And uh, Ram Nagapan, their CIO, was on stage talking about some new things they're working on. And there was a a broker-dealer in the audience who said, hey, I've got a problem with a particular product. I won't go into specifics, but uh, he had an issue with it. And bringing it up to the CIO, Ram, right there on the conference, Ram said, you see the guy sitting next to you? He's the product owner for your product. So you can talk right to him directly and tell him what your problem is. We'll get it fixed for you. So that's a great example of uh, being out and being at a conference live in person and just having the ability to talk right to the people that are controlling the software that your your firm is using. Uh, I was uh, moderating a panel. I mean, I was on a panel um, uh, at the conference as well called Harnessing the Power of Artificial Intelligence to Gain Real Business Insights. Went really well, very well attended. Uh, We'll be doing a blog post about the panel next week. Uh, I also did a lot of tweeting and uh, you can check that out online under the hashtag real insights. And thanks again to Pershing for inviting me out to Insight 2022. Our next story up is CogniCore has launched three new digital assistant modules that use AI to help advisors and wealth management firms accelerate their productivity. CogniCore, I'm going to spell it for you, C-O-G-N-I-C-O-R. This California-based company, provides Fortune 500 financial firms with AI-powered front and back office automation services. The reason why this piqued my interest in the story was that um, link, it links back to the previous story about the Pershing Insight Conference. I remember seeing CogniCore partnering with Pershing at the last Insight Conference I was at, which was 2019, they're partnering on a chatbot, which I thought was really cool in that um, it, wasn't, it was more than a basic chatbot, but an advisor would use it um, to say, Well, hey, I, I've got a client lost their debit card. Type in lost debit card into the chatbot. It would then take them to the right screen in the purging application. So it wouldn't just give them information, it would say, Here's what you need to do. I click here, the link, and it would will take them to the right page and also pre-fill the format for them. So it would know which client it was. It would pre-fill the form. And the advisor would only have to you know, put a couple more pieces of information in, click go, and that would be sent. That would save a tremendous amount of time um, because it was contextually relevant. It knew uh, what the advisor was talking about and took them to the right place in the system to do the work. So Cognacore's got some pretty good technology on AI. Uh, they've got a couple of digital assistants on their CIRA platform, which leverage machine learning algorithms to understand the intent behind user queries and return accurate, appropriate responses or courses of action that directly address users' needs. Their three new digital assistants are called a forms assistant, which is similar to what I was talking about before, interprets users' intent and finds the forms they need. So it's beyond... Um, proof of concept we saw at Pershing but can be used for uh, any firm. There's a navigation assistant which users tell what they need and it responds with a step-by-step navigation instruction that uh, can even support complex use cases and a smart call routing assistant which understands the context and intent of a query and matches the user with the appropriate expert and that could be I think a lot of firms can use that I mean I've had some nightmares on uh on calls with virtual assistants or uh, interactive voice response systems could all use this Uh, now another link to pershing is that this same month which we're in june uh cognacore also received some new funding from none other than ram nagapan who is pershing's cio and he invested and this is in the article invested as part of a, a safe agreement the simple agreement for future equity a safe note and he said, uh, Ram said he's impressed with CogniCore's unique value proposition of tapping into AI to create efficiencies in advisory and custodian relationships. The firm's ability to leverage usable, uh, reusable knowledge graphs and develop specific use cases for this technology can address broken experiences across the financial services industry. So we're seeing this all over. As I mentioned earlier, just did a panel on artificial intelligence at the Persian conference. And one of the things I brought up was um, we need to look for ways that that AI can push advisors up the food chain and also push clients up the food chain as well so there's less things they have to do to get going to get their their, uh, relationships on track and to keep managing. And one area that I thought was ripe for disruption with AI would be risk tolerance. We all do risk tolerance questionnaires. Every vendor's got them. We have a lot of uh, vendors that are doing them standalone and finding out new ways to ask the questions, new ways to interpret the questions, new ways to deliver that data, that risk tolerance into other applications. But if you think about it, humans don't really know, and people don't really know what the risk tolerance is. Even if you ask them the right questions, many, uh, many uh, investors don't even know their mortgage servicer or necessarily all their accounts but then we're going to ask them to decide how they're going to respond in certain market conditions. And it'd be the best way to do that. If you had AI evaluating, for example, every trade that person has ever made in good times and bad times, went through every expense that person ever made during good times and bad times and looked at the changes and looked for patterns, uh, even looking across social media to how they respond to different market conditions, adding all that data up, comparing against peers, comparing against actual activity would be a much better way to evaluate an investor's actual risk tolerance and risk capacity than asking them some questions, even those questions are, are well-designed and based on behavioral psychology. So just an idea around AI that I think uh, people should take a look at. Next story is from Investment News, fintech startups, tighten Belts, bracing for extended bear market by my good friend, Ryan Neal. In order to right-size the advisor fintech startup for the current market environment, uh, Tiffin, a firm that's been in the news lately, has laid off 10% of the company's workforce, more than 20 people. Um, and also the leadership team has taken a 20% pay cut. This is less than one month after the firm closed, $109 million round of funding, which valued the startup at $842 million and bringing its total funding over 18 months to 204 million. The company is done making cuts, according to CEO Nair, uh, which helped Tiffin reduce their cost by $10 million. Now, Tiffin isn't the only fintech startup feeling the bite of the bear market. Wealthsimple, the Canadian robo-advisor, had sold its US, U.S. Book of Business to Betterment in March 2021 and recently raised $600 million, laid off 13% of its workforce, which was about 159 people, according to TechCrunch. So we're seeing a lot of firms realizing that some bad news is coming and they are cutting back uh, to try to weather the storm. Another company called Lumiant, which is an Australian FinTech, recently raised $3 million to expand into the U.S. wealth management market. And they're actively looking to grow their workforce. So maybe they can hire some of Tiffin and Wealthsimple's staff. And the, their CEO is Blake Wood, formerly of Investnet. Hey Blake. All right, so because Lumiant charges a flat subscription fee, rather than a percentage of AUM, the market's movements don't directly, it says here, won't affect its top-line revenue. That's not true. Well, Sorry, it won't affect its top-line revenue, Wood said. Well, Blake, it's not exactly true, and uh, you know this, because while there isn't a direct uh, impact from the market going down, the number of accounts can change and number of accounts often do go down during market downturns. It just isn't as drastic as if you were AUM-based. But on the other hand, when the market goes up, as it usually does after a downturn, you do not gain the benefit of that AUM rise. So, um, you know, six of one half does in the other, and that's what happens. A lot of um, wealth management firms uh, that offer tech platforms like Investnet, InvestCloud, InvestMark, and others charge per account rather than by AUM, which gives them uh, more uh, consistency during downturns but less upside during upturns. Okay, um, about Lumiant, Michael Keats wrote some interesting stuff in his latest blog post, uh, his June Advisor Tech News, which you, you can check out on uh, about Lumiant. He wrote, Our Lumiant might arguably be, uh, I can't say the word arguably, arguably might be called an advice engagement tool rather than a more traditional financial planning tool, given its particular focus on the non-financial aspects of the advisory relationship. And advice engagement is a new category we created in uh, the Keatsus Advice Tech Map, something I work with Michael on, um, added advice engagement to put in a number of companies that sort of, uh, we are not really sh- we weren't really sure where to put them, they sort of uh, have interesting functionality that doesn't necessarily fall into any particular category like FP Alpha, uh, asset map, uh, FP Pathfinder. So they sort of, we needed a category to put them in. So we created advice the advice engagement category. And uh, so uh, as a result, while Lumion does engage clients in a process to better understand their goals, its intake process also engages in a broader discovery with clients around their values. So um, Lumion could also be in the uh, client survey feedback or client data gathering uh, categories as well. We see that a lot with some firms Uh, As some vendors and products that are a little bit broader than our current categories or have other functionality, we have to pick somewhere to put them. So, uh, you know, we want to put them in the in the area where either they want to be known as, or clients tend to know them most as. That's where where we usually put them because we don't like to put multiple logos of the same vendor on the map. It's very rare. We do a we do it with a couple of vendors, but only the really really big ones that have been uh, selling particular products for many many years, like Morningstar has multiple logos under Investment Data Analytics, under All-in-One for Morningstar Office, and under Planning Light for Morningstar Goldbridge, but because they sell those products separately. Those are completely separate, distinct products that they sell standalones, we also have the Morningstar under Risk Tolerance for their risk tolerance uh, tools. So that's uh, one of the, the rare uh, examples of a firm with multiple logos, but uh, no one else really has that, um, except for a couple others. From the individual advisor perspective, it's striking that Lumiant prices their software at $3,000 or three to $4,000 per advisor per year, which is really close to the cost for an entire financial planning software package from MoneyGuide or eMoney or Ride Capital. And especially, uh, this is what Michael Keats is writing, especially since traditional planning software is still built to go deeper than Lumient on the core financial planning analysis, which will likely make it hard for planning-centric advisors to give up their core planning software and instead raises the question of whether advisors will really want to pay that much more for a second financial planning portal on top of the ones they already received from their core financial planning software. So these are excellent questions. And I guess the, the, the answers might be that Lumet is looking for advisors who aren't using eMoney, MoneyGate Pro, Right Capital, or other deep financial planning tools who want something that's lighter, but gives them more functionality around client data gathering and other other aspects of of the uh, relationship. Uh, So it remains to be seen whether they are going to be able to get traction with their product in the gaps between advisors who don't do any planning or do some light planning and want something that's sort of a little bit heavier, but not the full extent of eMoney MoneyGate Pro and are willing to pay a premium three to four grand for it. I'm not sure how that's going to work, but we will see if they do how they do. Now, this isn't just um, the normal wealth tech firms that are seeing a squeeze. We're seeing it across the industry. Y Combinator, the technology startup accelerator that has helped launch some of the biggest names in tech like Stripe, Airbnb, Coinbase, and Dropbox. They sent a letter in May advising startup founders to plan for the worst as many encounter a bear market for the first time. As reported by TechCrunch, Y Combinator suggested that firms cut costs and look to extend their runway soon. That's why you're seeing firms cutting costs, reducing, uh, reducing, reducing headcount, cutting back on maybe areas where they thought there might be growth, but they didn't see a lot of revenue, and uh, shutting that down and trying to weather the storm. FinTech companies serving advisors, so the wealth tech space may be in a better position than the broader FinTech ecosystem. While funding in wealth tech dropped just uh, 8% quarter over quarter in the beginning of 2022. Funding in the broader FinTech market fell 18% according to data from CB insights. Let's hope that's true in the wealth tech. We don't see as much of a downturn as the broader FinTech space. All right, uh, wrapping things up, we're gonna cover uh, changes and additions to the Kitsis Ezra advisor tech map. Uh, Michael Kitsis and I put out a map every month uh, you can find it on Kitsis.com with all of the AdvisorTech products available in our little universe here and uh, I'm just going to go over some of the updates we made this month. Uh, biggest change was uh, the client note-taking category was changed to client meeting support. The reason why we changed that was we wanted to add two Products, relatively new products to that mix, which in the past was mainly just client meeting uh, programs such as Copy Talk and Mobile Assistant and Speak Write. but we added Econic and Pulse 360 that are both re- uh, related to meetings and meeting agendas, and not as much to note taking, although there was note taking involved. So this, uh, so it, uh, we changed the category to client meeting support to be more uh, inclusive of the other vendors. You can find that at the bottom of the June map at the, right in the middle, client meeting support. And speaking of the client meeting support, we added Econic this month. And Econic is a, a great product. It's spelled E-C-O-N-I-Q. So econiq.com, you can find out more about them. They uh, have a very interesting product, something I've really never seen before. Uh, it's a combination of meeting management, agenda management, um, meeting um, organization, so it walks you through the agenda with different color-coded boxes that prompt the advisor to have different discussions with the client. They call their product the Conversation Hub since it helps move the conversation along uh, and prompts the advisor with the right uh, pieces of information that they need to talk to their clients. It also has a built-in Zoom replacement, so you can use Econic to replace Zoom uh, and it has the integrated tools uh, with their agenda and, and meeting management inside of the, the video conferencing platform. So it's it's very unique. There's no one else out there who has something like Econic. Uh, it increases, the, they've got some surveys that show it increases emotional connection, increases client satisfaction, reduces preparation time. Uh, you can check it out on their website. They also have an interesting scoring process where they score the connection quality Really, the, the value of the meeting uh, that took place with a client. So, it's an interesting um, a tool that, that advisors can use to determine how well they connected with the client, see top performers across an enterprise with, with multiple advisors, uh, reward progress, and get a, a daily score for different uh, parts of the organization. So, check them out at econic.com. The next vendor product we added to the Advisor Tech Map in the month of June was Savology. That is a uh, in the financial planning light section. And financial planning light is an interesting uh, category. There's a lot of, of companies, not, not a lot of companies in there, uh, but uh, there's a fine line between the full financial planning tools and the light tools. Things like Advices, Morningstar, Gold Bridge, Tiffin Plan, and now Savology. And Savology f- uh, focuses less on uh, an advisor using the tool to do some very light planning um, capabilities with advise the, with their clients, but more on financial wellness for employers. So more of a self-directed employee type um, financial planning tool. that does retirement plans, um, uh, and, and again, the financial wellness category. So looking at things like expenses and budgeting. Uh, it's a very interesting product. Uh, I think the, the financial wellness category, is starting to expand. They include literacy tools, custom plans, and report card, uh, personalized recommendations, digital onboarding. Uh, so they're they're looking to move into uh, the role of uh, you know, trusted uh, software that uh, enterprises will give out to their clients. And they of course they want to look for very large enterprises that have maybe tens of thousands or even a hundred thousand cl- uh, employees that then would use their tools for. Um, uh, automating financial plans, and ongoing education and financial wellness, as well as some reporting and other, and other things. So that's Savology, S-A-V-O-L-O-G-Y. And the final uh, vendor we added this month was Beta, B-I-T-A, and that company uh, is an they call themselves index technology company, and their platform allows institutional clients to design backtest, calculate, and benchmark investment strategies and indexes without having to rely on traditional index solutions. Uh, So it's an interesting product for institutional um, investors and they've got a couple of different tools that they can use. Uh, It's all cloud-based infrastructure that can maintain uh, indices and do real-time data. And they've got their own data sets and their own uh, development software that allows clients to, to build these indexes and test them out uh, and uh, and launch them. So the interesting product, it's at a B-I-T-A-D-A-T-A. So beta data.com. And that's in the, um, I can't remember the name, apologize. It's in the investment data analytics category. So that's those are the, the additions to the financial advisor tech solutions map for this month. One other area I wanted to cover is what? Why are some vendors allowed in multiple categories and others are not? Interesting question. I get this question a lot, um, both from clients and from prospects and from uh, firms just looking uh, for questions about why they're on the map in certain places and, and how they can get on the map in more places. And we've tried to limit the number of vendors that are on the map multiple times. It's a bit subjective, but in general... Uh, trying to make, put an objective framework around the subjective decisions. Right now there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10. 10 vendors that have multiple um, logos on the map. They would be in alphabetical order, Advisory World, Broad Broadridge, Circle Black, eMoney, InvestNet, InvestCloud, Morningstar, Redtail, and Riskalyze. So while there's no hard and fast rules for this, there's some high level rules that we have um, around deciding which firms uh, get multiple products. And uh, it's mainly around, do they sell their products separately? So if you have separate products that are sold separately, that can be charged and billed separately, uh, you're more likely to get a logo uh, separately. Uh, You know, and things do get messy a little bit and the space is further evolving, but usually if it's multiple products that are sold as separate apps, like eMoney has their financial planning and they're also in the client portal category because you can buy the portal separately and it's also one of the top portals in the space. So a combination of can you sell the product separately and are they tops in the space also helps whether they would get another logo um, on on the map. Also, if they are uh, if they acquire a company that was a leader in the space and they are still selling it separately, such as when InvestNet bought MoneyGuy Pro. MoneyGuy Pro was one of the top two financial planning software in the space and InvestNet bought them. You can still buy them separately. So MoneyGuy Pro gets uh, their own logo. Yodely also, um, uh, same situation. InvestNet bought them. They still sell them separately. They're one of the top uh, vendors in the data aggregation space. So they have stayed as a separate logo. Again, we're constantly evaluating this uh, to decide whether we should keep doing it or not. And I think with the increase in popularity of the Keatsys Advisor Tech directory, which is the database of all vendors and everything that they do, um, it may uh, reduce the need to have logos appear multiple times, but we will see how it goes. So that's a quick overview of that. If you have any questions about it, feel free to shoot me an email at craig at ezragroupllc.com. All right. You made it to the end of another episode of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. Uh, Let me thank our sponsor, the Invest in Others Foundation at investinothers.org. And remember to please go to our website, ezragroupllc.com, and sign up for our newsletter. Each month, you'll get an email chock full of wealth management goodness, including news, analysis, trends, and more. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Thanks for listening to our June News Roundup. If there's any stories you want us to cover, please send me an email at craig at llc.com. Thanks to all of you, and talk to you all again next time.